to C3 Church Hepburn Heights. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoy this message today. So, question for you. So, just think internally. What does God want from you? What does God want from you? What comes to mind? What, what sense kind of stirs there? What does God want from you? What does God want from me? Does that sound demanding in your mind? Or does that sound freeing and liberating? How does that feel for you? Or a follow-up question. What does God want for you? What do you think? What does God want for you? Does that look like scarcity or flourishing? What does that look like? Is, is that a black and white drab picture or is that full technicolor? What does God want for you? Well, another question, lots of questions this morning. Who remembers February? February, it did happen earlier this year. I know it's hard sometimes to think back past last week, but February was a real thing. And in February, our launch series this year was called Pattern Disruption, Pattern Renewal. And you can see that behind me. And so, so we're maybe jumping back into this, and this is reloaded. So, uh, so I don't know if you ever saw the first Matrix, but it was mind-blowing in the cinemas back in the day. Then the Matrix Reloaded was not as good. I'm hoping this series, you're hoping this series doesn't... Pattern disruption, pattern renewal. In this series in February, we dived into Romans 12, 1 and 2. And we're going to be reloading that scripture again today. We explored our... Our purpose circles. That's right, just take in the beauty of the purpose circles. And there was this quote that was brought forward a few times by Mark Sayers. And again, let's read this morning. We will not experience renewal. And so you can, you can think of renewal as it's like being made new. It's a, it's a transformational work of God that makes us new, where God doesn't come to just make us better, but to transform us completely into a newness of life in Him. It's, it's that work in us that then flows through us to bring His presence into our world. So we will not experience renewal by following the same patterns of life and ministry that are not Delivering renewal. It's challenging, very true. We won't experience renewal by following the same patterns, the same habits, the, the same little and large things that we do every day that aren't delivering renewal. So we asked some questions in February like, what patterns, so what habits, routines, rituals, daily practices... What patterns in my life need disrupting in 2022? 
Maybe something I do every day that needs disrupting. It's time for that thing to go. And likewise, what, what patterns, what habits, what daily practices or routines need bolstering or establishing in 2022? So here we go. We are diving in again today. This is a, a two-week series. Backing up again next week. And so let's, let's read together Romans 12, 1 to 2. Therefore, I urge you, I beg you, says the Apostle Paul to these Christians in these these good people diving in to figure out what it is to follow God. Stumbling, but having a few wins. Grappling with, our own, with their own humanity. Some with, with hearing a gospel message and tweaking it to be something that could just be a a hope for, for comfort and blessing others to, to wrap religious framework around this message of Jesus to, to then add in a way of living with if I can tick all the boxes and fulfill all the rules, then I'll be doing the right thing and that'll earn me favor and, and struggling and what it is to figure it out, just like us still today. And, and Apostle Paul is saying, hey guys, therefore I urge you, I beg you, and I believe it would carry that same weight for us today, that we could take a hold of this. I beg you, brothers and sisters, church family, woven together as a sacred community of Christ followers, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, seeing God's mercy because of His mercy, because of His grace, His compassion of all that Jesus Christ has done. See it again. Behold Him, His goodness, His, His grace in view of His mercy. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Dope. Because of His goodness and His grace. Offer your bodies, yourselves. You're, you're not just some of your limbs, not just Sunday for a couple of hours, not just this or that, but your entire selves. The framework of what makes you, you. Every thought and inclination, every part of this physical space, every part of you to, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. This is uh, your logical worship is how this can also be interpreted. In other words, once you see, once in view of God's mercy, once you see who Jesus is and what He has done for you, it actually makes sense. It's your logical response is to offer ourselves as this living sacrifice, living then in worship to Him. 
where worship is a, is a song, but it's so much more than that. It's the song of the everyday moments of our lives. It's what we do when we wake up first thing in the morning. It's what we do when we come under pressure. It's what we do when the world falls apart and it feels like God's left us. It's what we do when we're having a wonderful family holiday. It's what you do when you're in the thick of work is that, that we would live as a people who are surrendered to Him because we've seen who He is. It actually makes sense when we see Him. So if we haven't seen who Jesus is, surrendering ourselves is a ludicrous idea. Like, are you serious? Giving up control? It makes no sense when we do not understand Jesus. But when we've seen who He is, something of His mercy and His grace, then it actually, that what makes perfect sense is letting God be God and me fall into my appropriate place beneath Him. Let Him be God, me not try and pretend like I am or can figure it out. And so, well, we haven't finished the Scripture yet. This is your true and proper worship. Verse 2. Do not conform, be squished into the pattern of this world. There is a pattern that this world wants to squish us into, that we would be conformed to. And ultimately, the greatest win of the enemy is for us to be conformed into a certain pattern, a certain rhythm, certain habits of how we do life, where we don't even realize that it's the pattern of the world. We think it's just how we do life. But in living that way, we're actually outside of the renewal patterns, the habits that God wants to build into our framework of doing life that actually allow Him to pour in His transformational presence. And obviously, that's what we're talking about here this morning and next week. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Be transformed. Not just made a little bit better, but but transform. This is where we get the word metamorphosis from. Let there be a total awakening of new life where you were this little grubby butterfly like caterpillar thing that then turns into this butterfly. This is the heart of God for us, that that happens daily where the little caterpillar grub and that attitude in your world gets the power of God, the transformational power of God, and that ugly little caterpillar now becomes this glorious butterfly through Jesus Christ. That there is this relentless transforming work in us. And so do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There is this work of God to shape how we think from our worldview to how we view each and every moment that we see. Then, then you will be able to test and approve or discern what God's will is, God's plan, God's purpose, God's desire. The narrative behind this movement of the kingdom, what God's will is, His good Pleasing and perfect will. Okay. So what does God want from you? What does God want from you? He wants surrender. Not your perfection. Not you to play a good Christian game and have to 
look right and force yourself into some kind of wonderful Christianity. Not to follow a set of religious standards because we feel like that's going to earn us some favour with God. What what does God want from you? He wants surrender. Woohoo! By the look on your faces... This is a wonderful, it's wonderful news. God wants today, right now, surrender of control. For you to just give him the keys to the Ferrari. To your house. To your will. To your passions. To your fears. To your family. To your dreams to that thing we're clinging on to that happened back there then. He wants you to give him the keys, the control, surrender control. This is what it is to climb on the altar, to offer your body as a living sacrifice. We're we're climbing, we're surrendering ourselves on this altar saying, God, here I am as I am. Now you do what you're going to do. It's very quiet. This is deep. This is heavy. So surrendering control, this looks like, Lord, would you help me seek first your kingdom, your righteousness, and I know that you're going to add all the things that I need along this journey. This looks like, God, would you help me pick up my cross and follow you today? What is this surrender? This is what God wants from us. It looks like, Lord, would you... Would you orientate the loves of my heart so that I could love you with all of my heart, all of my soul, all of my strength? And would you help me love others as you do? Love others as myself. This looks like, Father, your kingdom come, your will be done. And help me unravel from my kingdom come, my will be done. I need your help there, God. This looks like, Lord, I worship you through every breath that I take this life. Help me. Help me do that. That's what God wants from you, from you and I today and every day and every moment. And what does God want for you? What does God want for you? He wants transformation for you. Transformation. And as we surrender control, we give Him the opportunity to come and do his transformative work in us so that the world is blessed through us. This is what he wants for you, a daily, moment by moment, glorious transformation more and more into the image of Christ. Where your mind is awakened to the things that stir heaven's mind. That what would flow through the Father's thinking would make its home in ours because we've given Him permission to let His truth come and permeate. What does God want for you? He wants transformation. And as we saw again in the passage here, this transformation, this, this glorious work that God does that is not about us trying to force our way to being better humans, but it's surrendering ourselves to let Him do that work. 
then it's in that context that we see there's, a, there's an understanding of his will, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. So there's a transformation. What does God want for you? He wants you and I relentlessly transformed so that there is an understanding of his will, which is crazy. That there would be an ability to discern the heart of God that would be shaped into us where it could even start to become our default setting that there's an understanding of God's heart and His will, where the truth of God lives inside of us. And so that bit sounds really nice. The, all the good God stuff in us doing His work, but it starts with the surrender. And that's why this is a difficult process because... One of the great obstacles for us here is that surrender is scary and painful. And who just loves signing up for things that are scary and painful? It's like it's how we roll. I just saw Tom patting Michaela's pregnant belly. (laughs) That may be one of the rare exceptions. Salute to all the women out there who do sign up for scary and painful as we all got popped out in that process. (sighs) Thank you. We we appreciate. Thank you, Mother. (laughs) Signing up to Scary and Painful. It's good. That took an interesting sideways turn. (laughs) It's good. Uh, Because the imagery used here, therefore I urge you, Brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. This living sacrifice imagery, it obviously it harkens back to this Old Testament imagery of, of sacrifice for the atonement for sin. And so there was this, this sacrifice where, where there was a life that was given of an animal and, and the blood shed would would be this, this sacrifice. But the, the poor animal, like that was the end. Like what it produced was this, this yeah, it's good. It's good. But this, this is the end for that animal. Bye, thanks. Um, we finished. Now here, here's the thing for us, this imagery here is we climb on the altar, which is presenting ourselves for slaughter. It's not the end. It's actually the beginning. It's not like, bye, now I've just given. I've become a Christian. It's a personality lobotomy. (laughs) It's a passion lobotomy. It's like, just throw every good thing that there is, and I just have to be a Christian now. It's not the end. It's the beginning of everything good. Of the very best of what can be classed as best. And yeah, I'm not trying to say that it's just some easy little la-la land with, with marshmallows. It has that, but it has the deepest challenges. This is gritty and real. Life to the full is not always pretty. That's, that's not what God promises in his word. 
but there is a sense of victory that you and I carry because of who our Jesus is. And that is what walks with us because he walks with us through every moment. And there is a promise of eternity which eclipses anything that happens here on earth. So it's the beginning of life as we surrender our lives. And we've got to remember that, that on our daily surrender journey, to surrender control and give it to him, it's not the end, it's the beginning. Just like for Jesus as he went to the cross. It wasn't the end, that was the beginning of a whole new reality that you and I now live in. The reality that he paid the price. His blood was shed to make a way for us to not have to be a sacrifice that is dead, but is dead to sin, but alive in Christ. His life in us and through us. And there's another obstacle that is very real and very annoying. This obstacle is that we see such a small part of God's big plan. But the way we're wired is we want to think we see it all and know it all. We almost think we should be able to. That if I can study enough or pray enough, then surely I'm going to understand it all. But the thing is, we, we don't even want to have to wait till we study enough or pray enough. We just think it's owed to us because I'm a human. And my opinion really matters. And so God should listen to my opinion. Things would go way better. Because I got it figured out at 15 or 25 or 45 or 85. And, and yeah, the, the, hopefully we, we do grow into this place of understanding his perspective a, a little more. But, you know, trust is difficult when life is messy. And life is messy. And we see such a small part of God's plan. Let, let's, I think Paul David Tripp sums this up quite well. He says, God is using the difficulties of the here and now to transform you. Why can't, going back to the matrix, why can't there just be some easier way, some like plug in? <laughs> God is using the difficulties of the here and now to transform you. So that means they're potentially a gift. My current struggle. A gift, or you're just doing really dumb stuff and stop doing that if, uh, if we create our own problems for ourselves. Like if you don't do a budget at home and you spend more than you earn and you're in financial trouble, that's just stupidity. That's not God going, I'm leading you there. That's us leading away from his plan where he wants us to live prudently. And so that's, that's a pain that we didn't have to walk through. But now God in his glorious, redemptive ways, he can take that, our brokenness, because the reality is no matter how good we work it out, there's still brokenness in what we do. Now he will take that, that our stupidity. And you tell, if you look back through my life, you're going to see lots of, if there's written in the timeline, you can see stupid, yep, stupid, yep, uh, 7,000 times stupid. There's plenty of stupid that, that gets... And we, we just keep rolling back into the victory of Christ and saying, God, keep, keep doing your redemptive work. Keep transforming me. Keep renewing my mind. I want to be more like you. But God will take even our most stupid moments if we let him, if we then bring that to a point of surrender and he can do his redemptive work 
to grow us, mature us and others. Back to the quote. God is using the difficulties of the here and now to transform you. That is to rescue you from you. Oh, thank you, God. I need that. And because he loves you, he will willingly interrupt or compromise your momentary happiness in order to accomplish one more step in the process of rescue and transformation, which he is unshakably committed to. He is unshakably committed to you and you looking more and more like Jesus every day. He's committed to you and that process. We forget that God's primary goal is not changing our situations or relationships so that we can be happy, but changing us through our situations and relationships so that we will be holy, more like Him, more whole. So Lord, we thank you. We thank you. And And as we then go through that process of allowing this transformation, then we will, the end of verse 2 again, it reminds us that we'll be able to test and approve. We'll be able to discern what God's will is. And so then there is a growing perspective of God's will and God's ways. But I want us to hear. I want us to hear this message, this series. I want us to hear this as a daily invitation to hear the call of God above every other call. Because there are calls that come into our lives that are very loud. Like, seriously, technology calls really loud for our attention. It's loud. It's call is really loud. Some of our hobbies call really loud. Work calls really loud. Maybe your kids call really loud. And there can be a whole lot of good things. But we need to hear his call above every other call because then he enables us to manage, to to lead, to love, etc. in all of those other calls in the most glorious of ways. And so hear his invitation again to this place of surrender, surrender control, surrender our will to then allow this glorious work of his spirit to transform us to transform you day by day by day. That this should look like for you and I, that each year as we bump into each other, if God calls you to be a part of this church fam, that every year we can look at each other and go, hey, look how God transformed you over those last 12 months. Look at that work. Look how, you know, that area that you laugh about and go, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the attitude I used to have. Yeah, that habit, that thing I used to do, that place where I was stuck. <laughs> God did his transformation work and, and he's, he's growing me through it. You know that, that God's done it. And so every year we see us looking a little more like Jesus. And this is an invitation for us to step into in the small and in the big every, every single day. Let me read these couple of Mark Sayers quotes. So back to our first one, we will not experience renewal by following the same patterns of life and ministry that are not delivering renewal. Another quote here. So to reform, and this is where I want us to to land here today, is some kind of challenge, something that we're going to do in response to God's word to take a hold today. So to reform our life patterns, our habits, our the 
little practices that we do moment by moment to reform our life patterns towards renewal, to surrender and allow His transformation work, to reform our life patterns towards renewal, to initiate life-giving, renewing, Christ-focused habits and practices is an investment into the future that God wishes to bring. You know, every moment of surrender, surrendering that control to Him and asking the question, God, who do you want me to be in this moment? What do you want to do in my life? How do you want to lead me today? I, I, give, it, I give it to you. And then allowing this transformation work in our mind and our heart, in us, every single one of these times where we then respond as an act of worship, how we then respond, how we step that out, it's worship to God. And every moment that we worship Him like that with our lifestyle, through our, these, these simple little daily choices, every one of those moments, they are seeds of revival. They are seeds of the supernatural sown into earth, sown into the relationships and the people around us. So I want to ask just as we, as we finish, um, if you... If you are a partaker, if you're a partaker of the gift of life, can you stand? So that's if, if you're living, just to, be, just to be clear. It's good. I want you to think of the two, three, four, five, six people that matter most to you. Think of those very closest people that matter most to you. Have you got them? Can you see their faces? Just say the names in your mind, the people that matter most. There may be hundreds or thousands of people that matter, but who matters most? What a gift those people are. Lord, we thank you for beautiful people who you've put in our world. I want you to see in this moment that as you choose to be a person who would Offer yourself as a living sacrifice to God. As you'd surrender yourself daily to this process of transformation, of being transformed into the image of Christ more and more. That as you position yourself for that, these people who are closest to you, they benefit. There is more of His love in you to share to them. They win. There is more of His supernatural wisdom in you to exercise in that relationship, in those relationships. There is more insight, perspective that goes beyond your natural abilities that comes alive in those relationships. That as you, fathers, as we would do the thing that's hardest for men to lower our pride 
and say, I need God to be my God. You're the boss of my family. You're the Lord of my life. Your decision's above mine. And as we would open our heart to Him like that and allow this continued relentless transformation in us, then His love, which is so pure, which is not trying to leverage relationships for its own good, which is so empowering and liberating, His love lives in us a little more every day and flows through us into those people that matter most. And I need that. We need that. Every single one of us, I want to invite us again to be a people going to pray it. Lord, thank you for the Saviour. Father, we thank you for the gift of your Son, for Jesus Christ who came clothed in skin to walk our planet, to walk the walk that we fail to live the life that we couldn't, to walk with perfection, but then ultimately to pay a price. To We thank You that Jesus Christ, Your life was given in our place. And so Lord, we ask that You would open eyes here today, that we would see the victory of Jesus, the love of Jesus the life of Jesus poured out, that in view of Your mercy, seeing Your wondrous grace, Lord, help us to respond and surrender ourselves, to offer ourselves. So just go ahead, just where you stand. If you're, if you're in, you're saying, yep, yeah, I'm in just under your breath, just in your heart, in your mind, just I, I offer myself as a living sacrifice. I surrender to your Lordship today. Just go ahead and have that dialogue with God. God, help me. Would you help me? God, would you help me this week as I, as I remake that decision? Come and be my God. Come and be my God. And so I present myself to be transformed, to be the UES version, the, the, for you to be the UES version of you, church. The, to be the you that God saw when He created you. The most alive, the most whole, with the deepest levels of peace, with a purpose that anchors with a hope of glory. So Lord, we thank you that you would do this work.
so just open your eyes. So, really helpful prop that I didn't use at all. That would have been the one hour message that we chose not to give you today. The heart here is there are there are next steps that God calls us to take, which is what worship looks like. It's yes, Lord, here I am. Now, how do you want me to respond? Not to earn, but it's a it's a response to His love. It's a natural way of behaving when we've got the values of heaven growing more and more in our heart. And so, what does that look like? And and what patterns can I put into place that that are super practical that help? that position me for this and so so this is where our purpose circles can come to help and so so you can jump on the website you can click on any of these and there are just loads of helpful next steps so if you're like I feel it there's something there's something stirring but I don't know what to do then chat to someone who's maybe more mature in the faith grab one of our pastors or go home and just spend 15 minutes and jump on the purpose circles and click and there's there are pop downs and you might go okay that's it that's a book that I need to read that's my next step that's one thing I'm going to do. Or I'm joining a connect group or I'm, I'm jumping into beyond or I'm coming to, re, to renew prayer so that this renewal thing, whatever that really is, that, that, that's going to do something in me. And so let's take a next step in response to the goodness of God. His invitation is here for each and every one of us. And so come on, together, let's do this. Love you guys. You can grab your check. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us here on our podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more about our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, go to c3hh.com.au.